let me run a hypothetical by you. So let's say, let's say you've been given an opportunity. You've been handed a DeLorean and you're able to go back in time, right? So you're back. Let's say you, you, you go back. When did this issue happen with the, with the fires? 2004? Uh, 2004. No, wasn't it? More recent no. than that, or were there multiple fires? I think they just, they just released more information. Uh, the Universal. Oh, I see. I see. Fire I see. Master Tapes. I want to see what what year it says that it was. Yeah. So the day the music burned, two thousand eight. All right. Well, let's just say you go back thirty years, and then you're given an opportunity there. They say, David, you've got um, you've only got so much plutonium left, and you have an opportunity to save one thing in this entire warehouse um where would you go back to uh so i'm i'm i I know about a warehouse that exists you know about the warehouse um there you have like one chance to run into this universal warehouse and grab these master tapes Uh, oh don't ask me where would you go back to i mean let's just say (laughs) on the topic of today's uh, today's uh, track, right, right? Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> I'd go back to the futures. Boom. This is Jimmy Eat Pod. <laughs> All right, cool. I thought oh, you man. I didn't even have to tell I, you. I was that. not because re- I know that. I know that take off your pants and jacket was lost in that fire too. So I was like, oh, I mean, I'm probably gonna save take off your pants and jacket and not uh futures but that's just me right and that's why i wanted to sort of at, at least give you a, at least give you a, feed you a little bit of it saying um for today's uh song that we're doing so we're doing the title track um on their 2004 jimmy Eat world's 2004 post uh bleed american album right yeah this is the first record that they did uh, it was their quote-unquote comeback because it felt like at the time it felt like it took forever for this record to come out and what's funny is i came across a video of them discussing that uh in an interview i think it was on aol music or something where it was like why did it take you guys so long to come out with the record and they were like well i think it was like what three years and we toured for two years and then um they uh fired mark trombino and then got gil norton on board and uh in all of that uh it was three years, and actually, since then, they've been pretty consistently three years apart. Right, like to the point that people predict new Jimmy Eat World album should be coming out right about now. Let's do it. <laughs> and right, uh, and so this was uh, surviving. The, we're gonna right, is, and is that one is is album ten right now surviving? Is that one on the track for three years? Then, yep. Okay, well, three years since Integrity Blues, which just seems nuts. Right, and I'm thinking that it probably felt like a lifetime just because. Bleed American was such a big album. And that, that's when, you know, in 2001, there was a lot going on. But that felt like such a big album for this band coming off of um, Clarity, right? Which was in 1998. Yep. Yeah. Which is, it was different. It was, you know, they had a lot. Did they did they have any Tom songs on uh, on uh, Bleed American? Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. It was all, it was all, it was all Jim singing those songs. It was mixed differently. That was all uh, Mark Trombino um, if, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I'm sure that, that you are all of that together. Uh, I don't know, just added that, that fuel to people where they would, they were thinking to themselves, man, when is this, when is the next, you know, hope, hopefully a year <laughs> after they release this album, but yeah, so three years down the road, they come out with this and this is the, the title track off of, um, the futures album. And it has such a hard intro here. Let me play a little bit of that for you. 
You know, it's just so it, those the I don't know how to describe the the guitar playing on this, but when I hear those notes play, and I know you and I were watching the video of them playing at uh, Ventura Theater for the the decade anniversary. Uh, but they yes. sound it's such you know it's a song in the major key, and those I I, I feel like those in those introductory notes on the guitar could be replaced with like almost brass or horns playing. Uh, they just they just oh. kind of ring out to me. That's how it sounds to me is that they are just uh-huh. you know they are blasting you with this uh, with that sound. It's just right out right out of the uh, right out of the gate. Man, now I want to see if there's a ska version of this where that riff is done in horns. And if there's not, I implore any of our listeners, if you know <laughs> of a ska band that wants to cover this. You know, a ska band or even um, I'd like to hear a mariachi band do it, too. Oh, yeah, that'd be sick. There is. And when we were talking about oh. a while ago, when we were discussing how we were going to do the intro to this, there was. And I put together that that uh, that little recording that sounded so depressing because it was, I think it was there, it was sweetness, but I did it slower, and the way that it ended on the minor chord was just so, I don't know, just really wasn't uplifting <laughs> at all. Uh, but I thought, that'd be a cool thing to have, and I know there's a band out there that does this, it's kind of like a mariachi band that do contemporary covers, uh, and they're on YouTube, and yeah. their name's escaping me right now, but, uh, it, you know, I always thought, maybe if this thing gets big enough, we could reach out to them and say, hey, all right, the... <laughs> <laughs> The, the pod, the listeners, they want to hear this song in, in, a, in a mariachi style. I think that you would gotta be... got to give the people what they want. Right, right, right. And it'd be fun to hear that in that style. You know, going through, when we get down to the covers, it, you listen to so many covers and you do... Uh, we've mentioned this before, but I, I know that you can get tired of listening to an exact copy of the song. Yes. You know, that's got to be fun to be able to record that with your friends uh, and getting that quality down. But it almost sounds like a... Um, like a karaoke version of, and I don't want to, I don't want to knock on the people's uh, these singers' vocal abilities, but just kind of like a, a a cheaper version of Jimmy playing it. So when you hear those bands that give their unique spin on it, if it's uh, electronic sound or if it's mariachi music, uh, that's what really gets me um, amped to hear a, a you know a, any kind of cover. Yep, agreed. Yeah. So this I'm was, making I'm making I'm making notes while we gotcha. chat. Okay. <laughs> Um, so for the song meaning itself, so I think, you know, we're not, we're not here to get political, right? That's for the, for, that's for people to, uh, when they read the lyrics and they take, uh, what it means, the context, they can sort of divulge their own meaning behind these songs. Although I feel futures is very, uh, transparent in how it is, you know, it came out in, they probably wrote it in 2002 or 2003, which was right when I think Bush and Kerry were uh, running for office, right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. the way that you read this, um, it looks very uh, like like you're looking at the future with rose-colored glasses. You know, we have a voice. Uh, we can use it. Don't give up. Are you, aren't you, aren't you tired of this? Uh, you know, especially when they say, I hope for better in November, right? <laughs> Yeah. The, the well, it's funny because I always thought he said, I hope for a better November, um, which sort of says the same thing. But it's so weird to me to see the word in in there when I'm reading the lyric sheets and I'm like, what? I thought yeah. it was I, uh, you hope for a be- uh, hope for a better November. That's what I thought it was. Weird. Yeah, I never heard. Um, the. I, I never heard it without the in. 
Um, yeah, but I would it would make sense if I heard I hope for better a uh, better November. Uh, it's but it mm-hmm. is tough because he goes in November. It's very much almost like saying in November <laughs> is one word, right? I have lots of misheard lyrics in this song. And what's weird is I just never, I guess I heard the November thing. I feel like I get so lost in the music of this song that I, I, I literally had never thought until doing research for this episode of how political this song is. Right. Especially being a band out of Phoenix, out of an insanely red state at the time. Um, uh, and I also, I just shared with you this video of an interview with them with AOL uh, when they did a session in August of 2004, mm-hmm. um, they did a performance a- in studio, but they also did a- an interview. And the first question that's asked is, where did you get... There's there's a couple things I have about this song from their a- mouths, and the, this is the first little bit, which is when they talk about, how did you come up with the name of the record? And I think they go ahead and talk a little bit about the uh, the song itself sort of inspiring that and what the the record as a whole means. And did you want me to go ahead and play this? Uh, yeah, uh, it starts about 14, 10 seconds in. Okay, let's go ahead. All right. The tile futures, we just picked it because, um, you know, it, it can kind of, it kind of points to different things. It beat out sex with the devil and uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. totally dude. It was just sort of the title that hung around the longest on that sort of list of names that that we had. I don't feel the way so, <laughs> so obviously, I pulled uh, I pulled a few sound bites that I did like the idea that dude totally dude was potentially a name for futures, <laughs> which would have been dope. Uh, jump to one oh six. They talk about what I sort of touched on earlier, which is why did it take so long to come out with the album? All right. I mean, it, it might seem like it's been a while since our last record. It was maybe three years. But, I mean, two of those years were spent touring. <laughs> and we got home from the tour, and it was just like, okay, now let's write a, let's write a record, let's get a record together. And it just ended up being... <laughs> it, it took the time it took, you know? It wasn't really something that we, um, you know... I mean, we didn't really premeditate. <laughs> <laughs> Is there... I mean, there... Zach is such a wordsmith. <laughs> is is there any kind of average turnaround? Not turnaround, but average release for for bands. Let's just say rock bands, right? Is there any any kind? Of, three years seems like a pretty quick turnaround for any band. Three or four years. Yeah. Um. It's so weird because yeah, I remember it feeling like forever between then and futures. But now here I am at thirty four years old, and it feels like Integrity Blues came out like last week. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then there's one last thing, because we're talking about the politics of this, is uh, um, in case it was in any question, if you jump to, I think, 515 on this video, you'll they're doing a quick uh, this or that type of question scenario, question answer scenario. Uh, I think we're going to hear the tail end of them talking about boxers or briefs. Okay, <laughs> and then uh, and then you'll hear the politics. All right, here we go. The last 20 seconds of this. Uh, briefs, dude. Briefs. Are you kidding? <laughs> Briefs! Bush or Carrie? Carrie. Carrie. That was very quick. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, yeah, they didn't, no they didn't get too much into it. That. But in case you were uh, wondering how, in what way is this song political, um, uh, left or right, uh, <laughs> this sort of answers that for you. So, sorry, I hijacked you a little bit. Um, but I didn't want to get too far without touching on that. And then there's another bit that I'll pull up later. 
um, uh, about this song being political. Yeah, they and they haven't been. They, you know, they haven't been cryptic about it. You can hear it there. They said it. They they quickly and then they didn't say. Um, you know, they both they both had mentioned Carrie. Um, when the song came out, everyone was sort of you know, how are we gonna move? How are we gonna push these numbers? And um, yeah, so they haven't been very very cryptic about that whole thing at all. Uh, and, and to go back to what we were talking about with with misheard lyrics. Uh, I still can't unhear this one, but in the pre-chorus, when in the very first one where where uh, Jim sings "Hey now," uh, you can't. What what have you heard that he says? Uh, uh the first time, the very first hey, time. Nah. I think I heard him say, "You can't." Well, you can't keep saying endlessly, my darling. Is that what he yeah, says? Yeah, that's what he says. But I always thought, and this one, this made sense for me lyrically, was you can't keep staying in this sleep, my darling. And I felt like they were in this sort of comatose state of just going through the motions of, okay, let's get another, um, another Republican and another Republican in. Uh, so that's what I, yeah, I always I heard. I, so I, I, reading this. There are other lyrics in this song that sort of are on that level of like um, esoteric, uh, not directly straightforward. So I could see why you would think that for sure. Yeah. Um, for the for the most part, these other lyrics seemed pretty, you know, pretty clear to me. Um, the cold and real, I never, I, I that one still, I I had to figure it out. I didn't know what that was. Um, I almost, yeah, I can't even think so of what I used to think about So if we go to Genius, uh, Genius says the cold and real most likely refers to, co- oh, so Corey Davis says this three years ago on Genius. The cold and real most likely refers to the cold, hard cash or alternatively could refer to the cold, hard reality of life on Earth and the human condition, balancing between living as a decent human being and navigating the cold and real is difficult for many of us at times. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Davis. I like that. Like he couldn't just say many of us. He had to like, kind of like soften the edge at the end <laughs> at, at times, at times. <laughs> okay. And then Adam Patrick power had to also come up with an idea two years ago. I think it could be a contrast between different political views, like those who are left facing toward the living, decent gender, gender and racial equality LGBT rights, gun control, open borders, uh, misspelled, uh, <laughs> is more important than coming off as a hostile or selfish towards others, whereas others who veer right prioritize the cold and real, closed borders, the right to bear arms, other such contrasting views. I like those are the two things that he could think of at the moment. <laughs> and, like, and other, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you, get, you get where I'm going with this. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the need to balance these priorities that this line is suggesting, the merging of safety and security and comfort and kindness. Um, yeah, now, you know, reading that, now I get it. And I do remember what I would think. It was uh, between living decent and the corner of real. So I almost felt like they were, oh. yeah, they were, they were making it sound like you had a choice to, you know, you're at, you're at this crossroad and you can go down this road and you can go down that road. So th- we know the pre-chorus, the verses, counting on futures, Looking forward, and then the bridge says the I, what I like is take that, what I like about this is uh, the the past is told by those who win. I think that's my favorite line in the whole song because it doesn't matter what you're talking about if you're talking about political uh, you know a political landscape or if you're talking about um, the, let's say the field of science. It's the ones who make the discovery, the ones who end up winning, those are the ones that are in the history books. Those are the ones that are recalled. You don't remember the losers. 
And uh, that's the so, one. You it's one the, of those things like, yeah, for sure. What were we going to say? That you could take the whole song. If you could take the whole song down to one line, that would be where, where I feel it, it all lies in that. Yeah, totally. And I was, again, I think I'm always rocking out too much and way in, and especially he says it again in the bridge. Um, and I just am so enthralled with the song. It never hit me until reading through the lyrics, how good of a line that is. Right. Um, it, it stuck out to me last night doing research that, um, it was very, very special. Um, however, the last line in the bridge, my dar, uh, well, he says, Hey, now we're wide awake and we're thinking my darling, believe your voice can mean something. How could you not guess that the song is about voting unless you're me? And what you heard was, hey, now we're wide awake and worth it, kid, my darling. And then I have no idea what I thought he was saying. But wow, worth it, kid. Does he has Jim ever used? the? You're worth it, kid. <laughs> you got moxie. Has Jim ever used kid in any of the lyrics? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, and there's no, nothing to say that he can't. I mean, we've got our first uh, parenthetical um, track now with. With this That's right. Oh, the, however, somebody uh, has already um, fact checked us on that, and Splash Turn Twist has been stylized both ways as just Splash Turn Twist, and then in parentheses Splash Turn Twist. Oh, oh. So okay. uh, it it's it's a I'll say they did it half a time before since they have had it stylized both ways. Uh, and let's just let's go ahead and plug that. So if you are feeling like you need to fact check us when you hear this, you can call uh, and leave a voicemail or even just text 484-J-EAT-POD. That's 484-J-EAT-POD. And it'll go directly to our, um, well, hopefully by this time we're going to have a sweet little greeting uh, that David and I will um, yeah. recite. But you can fact check us yeah. there and we'll check them. I mean, we, we get notified right away when someone says something. So it would be after the, yeah. the pod Yeah, and maybe it's happened on this episode. or because So <laughs> let's veer off for a sec. We've launched the show at this point. Episode zero is out there. Episode one is eminent. And the phone number is out there. So in theory, once episode one hits and people want to start fact checking us voicemail-wise, we'll just tack them to the head of the episode. That sounds good. It'll be like the um, uh, the little we're then, sorry section in the letters to the editor. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like 20 minutes of corrections, uh, we'll throw it at the end. Yeah. Well, then we're not doing our <laughs> job. We're not doing our due diligence of researching. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, short, concise uh, messages are welcome. And you can text too if you want. Okay. So this time was um, going back to the, the statistics of this, right? So there there were 11 tracks total on the actual release, but there was probably more in the J- Japanese release, right? The the Deluxe, Futures Deluxe. <laughs> yes, and then there was a Futures with the demos that came out. The, um, the demos they did with Mark Trombino, um, and that was like every song was represented there. Yeah, let's see if I can find those. I am not finding those. I can't see the um, the deluxe version in Spotify, um, but there were yeah. If I guess if I look here, if I look back on the Wikipedia page, um, yeah. So it's got it doesn't even have it there. It goes up to twenty three, right? So the deluxe edition and bonus huh. tracks. It's all the ones that were recorded in Jim Jimmy Rolls home recording studio, um, and they were all the demos. Yeah, so pretty much what you just said. Shame, shame <laughs> when I want and you. Okay, and Jen. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about Jen. Well, I, I'm looking forward to Jen. I really like that. That's a cool song. 
Well, and a lot of people feel like there's similarities between Jen, which theoretically was never fully released, and uh, the, well, at this point, by the time this album comes, or this episode comes out, Surviving will have been out, but the lead single from Surviving, um, Stay, uh, uh, some people have said sounds a lot like Jen. Okay, that's that's so that's why it's come up recently in the on the uh, the subreddit then, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay, so it was, but then this time you had mentioned this before, Gil Norton, because they had, you know, it's 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 weird to hear that a band fires uh, Trombino, but you hear from their. Uh, let, let's go back to the futures Wikipedia because Jim, yes, Jim in two thousand ten, yes. Uh, remarks about that departure and it was it's Trombino's departure it doesn't sound like they fired him it sounds like they didn't have their stuff together so this is what this is what Jim is saying uh, in regards to probably somebody asking about this in 2010 Uh, that's just all old shit man time goes on the whole futures thing when we started making a record with Mark we were nowhere near ready to start making a record it was an unfortunate result of a lot of bad decisions and the way things ended up it doesn't matter. I wouldn't want to work with people who aren't extremely passionate about their ideas and their contributions. As long as in the back of the head of your head, everyone knows they're on the same side. Everyone's trying to make the best song recording possible. Things can get really heated in the battle for that. But in the end, everyone's on the same side. So and, and you yes. can even judge from that that point from the video that you had shown us. They're young guys. They're still in 2004. They're very young. He was 29 yeah. when he uh, made this record, which is just nuts. Jim has always been perpetually 40 to me. So it's like <laughs> like a cool 40, let's be honest. Right, and but then like- once, he, once he's hit 40, you know, he's not going to age. He's going to be um, ageless from that yeah. point on. And But yeah. you can tell that from even a year after when this the AOL Sessions was airing, they were young guys. And probably having a lot of fun, not focused, getting, you know, the fact that they're coming off of the high from uh, Bleed American touring and all this. They just weren't in the right mindset. And Trombino just said, you know, I can't deal with this if you guys aren't going to if you guys aren't going to be on board. So it seems like it was sort of a mutual thing. They understood later. It's kind of like being in that relationship when you're young and you don't realize how you screwed it up. But you do 10 years later when you go, oh, yeah, I never got you chocolates for Valentine's Day. Right. Right. So yeah, it, it seems like one of those situations. So Gil Norton ended up producing this and he's from Foo Fighters. Right. He he does a lot of their music. So you can kind of hear the. Oh, I was going to say he's in Foo Fighters, <laughs> but he's produced for them. <laughs> uh, and you can hear the punch in this in this record. That's sometimes you can read reviews about the, the the Futures album and they say, OK, there's a lot of slow songs on here. It's not enough. I, I get that. But if you look at them, the beginning is really hard. I feel it's it's one of their most solid albums, you know, going back to saying that my my favorite album could definitely change. It's it's sort of fluid, but you know, you look at my my flair on the subreddit, it's it's futures because this first song has yes. got kill on it uh in 23, right? So really solid songs. Yeah. And where did you find out? So uh, I found another location. So aside from Harvey Moltz's house in Tucson, uh where else did you find that uh-huh. this uh album was recorded? So Tempe Studio, which I think we determined was their home yeah, studio, correct. right? Yeah, that's all of their stuff. Uh, cello Studios in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, which is where Blink-182 recorded Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. But also uh, I found a, um, was it an audio interview? Can I find it somewhere? Uh, it might be on this long interview that I was 
Oh, man, it's going to take me forever to find it. I listened to this whole 16-minute interview. I'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll send it to you now. Um, But it's where they also recorded Pet Sounds. Oh, Um, oh, uh, Beach Boys, huh? uh, And it became Oceanway Studios as well. Um, So... Yeah. So uh, is it now? That, is it now Oceanway Studios or? I think it's. I think Oceanway is even closed, and now it's East West Studios. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, so that's interesting. I was looking for cello in Los Angeles, and all that was coming back was um, cello, uh, cello training, and cello uh, <laughs> sort of lessons <laughs> in Los Angeles. So I thought it, either it closed down or it's changed names. So it's yeah. got to be changed names it's be fairly many times. Big. Yeah. When I was doing recording in, and I guess I say fairly big, because this is my, this is my assumption. Why when I was doing uh, recording uh, my own tracks uh, in cakewalk, you know, a decade ago, I had a VST plugin that was East West um, orchestra and it sounded, it was one uh. of the best. It was a, so it was a huge, it was like a seven disc set, but it, um, you, it was a MIDI plugin, but it was one of those where, you could, it was touch sensitive to whatever MIDI controller you have, um, but it would add in, it didn't just get louder, it would add in more if you punched it on, like, let's say the cello, in this case, the cello, right, it would add in more cellos uh, in the background. So you could have, uh, when I when I did a, my final project at CSUN, I had used this in the back of the uh, McRubenstein um, title, <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the intro track, because it sounded, it was, it had a very rich orchestral sound, but I'm assuming now that East West, it was probably all sampled there. Uh, so it was a MIDI controlled thing, but it was all samples, which were really, I mean, for being something that you could play on a keyboard was super, it was clean and slick when, at the time. And this was, I think in the mid two thousands, probably. Yeah. So interesting for East West well, studios. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know how the... Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know many other East-West places. When right? all of these transactions took place. Uh, well, there is a theater downtown that... But it wouldn't be have anything to do with uh, Ableton or whatever. Right, <laughs> It right. wouldn't have anything to do with MIDI plugins. <laughs> yeah, and look at their East-West Studios. They've got their SEO oh, man, on I'm lockdown. I'm scrubbing through this. Uh... East-West Studios oh, is yeah? the world's nice. premier recording facility. Right? The best. Look, guys, don't step. <laughs> Come here. You know what, though? 50 Google reviews, it's got five out of five stars. So this East West Studios is doing something right. Yep. The Yelp has... Man, uh, I'm really like scrubbing through this uh, this audio <laughs> interview they did. I think it's like a morning show. And for some reason, I think it's in Australia. Um, but I have the closed captioning on and it's auto-generated closed captioning. I'm trying mm-hmm. to read it while podcasting. Good luck. <laughs> so all the writing credits uh if i go to discogs on this let me see if there's any difference in here the writing credits yeah. for this um they all say it, it seems to point back to jimmy world except for um yeah even on the discogs it says written by jimmy world because sometimes they'll have the, the yeah. b-sides will have some kind of inclusion of some other um, third party that is yeah like drugs or me is uh, the string arrangement is credited to david right. campbell but like right. yeah Right, but for and the most you, part, this whole we'll talk about it on done. that episode. But yeah, yes. And if you if you're looking, uh, so I'm on the discogs for Jimmy at World Futures, right? And on the bottom yes. right, we've got the the um, the max result default, right? Of oh, <laughs> the max res default, yeah. Pain max max res default, right? For pain, yeah. and he looks like uh, like a, an older Bill, like a I guess younger would be uh, a younger Billy Corgan yelling into the microphone. With his hair all oh sure funky. yeah uh, totally it just yeah. doesn't look like Jim at all in this 
Seems like, <laughs> like Billy's going to be cranking this one out. That's funny. That's exactly what that is. Okay, so that was all. Yeah, Futures was 2004. Um, and you know, you go through these different, I went through Wikipedia and I went through Discord. Okay, I found it. Hold on. <laughs> go to 11 it? minutes on that video I sent okay, you. Okay, yeah. so we're going to 11 minutes on, let me hit that. On, let's see. And they're going to talk about cello, so at least we're still in the recording studio realm. Okay, let me double check this. So we've got to go to 11 minutes? Yeah. 11 minutes, all right. Here we go. Hitting the scrub at 11 minutes. And turn that puppy on. They do. <laughs> they do a lot. Yeah, I know. What else music? Because after listening to this record, I was like, I was puzzled. I mean, what sort of music do you listen to? I Actually, I got a lot of uh, Beach Boys influence as well. Am I wrong there? Yeah, I mean, we actually recorded the record where Pet Sounds was recorded, so maybe there was some sort of like, you channeling know... Channeling the spirit. Yeah, we were channeling... <laughs> channeling light to the studio. Yeah. Channeling the Beach Boy vibe, yeah. I mean, Brian like literally... actually walked into one of our sessions. And, yeah. and, Are you kidding me? You're no, no. We, we actually yeah. recorded... Jen, we recorded in uh, Studio 3 at um, this, this this studio in um, L.A. called Cello, which used to be like the part of the Ocean Way. And... Um, you know, yeah. that's where they recorded Pet Sounds and, you know, a lot of the really, you know, sort of important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he we were in there working and him and Paul McCartney were working on a song down the hall. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> and- I know, right? These huge names. Paul McCartney, <laughs> Brian Wilson. Uh, right? Brian Wilson. Yeah, Brian Wilson. Are working in the same studio that they're working on recording their album and they just walk in to like, poke their head in i think they go on to say like yeah they just poke their head in like oh just taking a look around remembering the old days <laughs> and you wonder if they have you know how you get starstruck if, if i saw jim like if it was like your your wife and at the end of that show um up in santa barbara if i got to meet jim i'd be starstruck uh, right and i wonder if these guys get star starstruck when they see uh people like that that just pop in like oh oh hey brian yeah right yeah. Oh, let's play the end. Maybe they touch on it real quick. Okay. And he had kind of walked in just to sort of because this was like this is famous for this room that we were in is famous for the be- it's the Beach Boys room, you know. And so he walked in just to look at it and sort of old time sake time to thing. And he just popped his head in. It's like, oh hi, you know. I just wanted to see the studio, and then he left, you know. And it was like, um, you know, and it was really bizarre. But that's weird that you say that because I mean, that's the first time I think <laughs> bizarre ever said that to us. <laughs> but it is true. We were, we were there. We were, you know. So no coincidence there. <laughs> I, is there only two microphones between the host and there two must guests? Because it sounds like he's he's either <laughs> off mic the whole time or he's turning it around in between them. And they've yeah, got to right? be close because I, you know, I, I'm starting to get a little bit, bit more familiar with how these setups are. But it sounds like whoever is speaking, I don't know if that that's Zach or Jim or what, but it sounds like they're right up against the microphone. And uh, yeah, so that they've got to be close if he's just turning it around. Yes, what, totally. a, what an odd setup for toes did right? Subscribe doesn't like look like they have much on there. Yeah, that the the host's uh, uh, accent was so strange. Yeah. So I found another timestamp where they talk about the song, but let's keep going and then maybe we'll find another place to poke it in there. Okay. Um. So you're digging deeper dive on the um, uh, Discogs page still. Yeah, so I'm looking at that right now, just at the the details of this. And I don't know why. So I, I saw mixed, uh, yeah, it was recorded at Cello Studios. I don't know how I missed that when I was looking um, at this information. Uh, if I go back, sometimes uh, Genius will have that information right up front. Uh, uh-huh. you know, and, and it wasn't there. 
So I'll just go, sometimes I'll go to future, or I'm sorry, not futures, Wikipedia wasn't there. So I must have just missed it. uh, And I don't know where I found it. But you and I probably ended up finding it at the same spot uh, for cello Harvey Moltz, who I don't know who Harvey Moltz is. Um, Well, you know what I noticed about Discogs is you kind of have to click on all of the different releases of each album. Yeah. And usually one of them is the one that has like all the good information. Right. And And sometimes I feel like it's the one that's like the LP, like the the record, the vinyl. That one usually has the good information on it. Yeah. And you know what would be nice is if when you when you search in Discogs, you know, I'm getting showing my um, (laughs) my frustration with it. If I search for futures and I put in futures, Jimmy at world, it shows me four or five different um, album covers. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't. Yeah. Even if I hover over them, it didn't show me which one was the LP, which one was the Japanese release, which one was the CD. So I picked one, (laughs) whatever one I picked, I was like, all right, well, this one must have all the information. Clearly it wasn't, um, didn't have the, uh, the full information. So I've got to get my uh, discogs foo up to, uh, up to par here. Well, they need to get their shit together. Maybe that's what it is, man. (laughs) It's the people who, uh, who run this thing. Yeah. Okay, so so do you have anything? I, d- I did put here in my community notes the consequence of sound, uh, futures anniversary tour. Um, how why did I put this in here? Because I think we talked about this when I, when I was doing my research the other night. This link was purple. So at one point in the past, we had looked at this, uh, and it may have just been to find the details. Consequence of um, sound. Yeah, were they just talking about the the reunion tour or the the yeah. anniversary tour? And there's not much to it. It's it's just it's I, I don't even think it's yeah it's no interview. It, they're just talking about um, it's an article from Consequence of Sound uh, mentioning that uh, they're playing to they're kicking off their tour on October second at the Ventura Theater in Ventura, but I don't see anything else uh, about this so. I'm not sure if I had put this in here because it was just related to futures. And this was when they, yeah, this was on June 24th of, of 2014. Um, yeah. But you know, it's cool when, when these bands are doing 20, 20 year anniversary tour or 10 year anniversary tours. I looked at, uh, I think it was on Spotify last night and dashboard confessional. We were talking about that because of that, the guitar sound, right. And that recording that I had made. And yeah, that's it's right. Just 20 years, 20 years of dashboard confessional, 20 years of dashboard confessional. But uh, yeah, it would be 20 years. Isn't that yeah. crazy to think that um, these bands have been around for decades now? Some of them. Right. Um, t- totally. It's just it, I mean, it's it's an interesting uh, thought that uh, and they can do these kind of anniversary tours. We just saw um, John Mayer at the uh, at the fabulous forum and the second half of his set, he played all through continuum. Right. Wow. Yeah, the whole thing. That's cool. Yep. It was. Oh, that's a good show. I'd want to see John Mayer live. He seems like good people. Yeah, he is. So that was September 12th of 2006. Actually, so. by the time this episode comes out, John Mayer will probably be canceled. And then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't even an anniversary, like a, a decade anniversary for him. It was just he played it in its entirety. Sure. But the fact that these that these bands will do tours like that and they'll do an entire totally. album. It's just I love it, especially when it's a band that, that you and I both like. This was a single. They released this on as a single, uh, which is futures. Nuts. Yeah, and it was different from yeah. you know they were. Uh, yeah, I was reading about how they, they had didn't pain want and to, work, which were huge hits. Right, they didn't want to come out with the middle two Right, they didn't want to get stuck in that loop of being oh, it's just these guys trying to rehash the hit that they made that they had on um, Bleed American. Right. So they had to yeah. make this one different enough, but it had to have enough, uh, I guess, like uniqueness 
about it to where it was okay. This is a this is definitely a new record, same, same band. Um, but it's it's you know I don't know if it was. Do you feel like Futures is single worthy? I um let's see uh, yeah because I you know Futures feels like the like a spiritual successor to Bleed American, um, in terms of like kind of rockiness. Um, and so yeah, I mean if Bleed American were the first single and you know the middle never blew up as big as it had, I think Futures would have been a great choice for a lead single off of futures okay okay and then i'm looking at the other tracks on there the only one other one i could think that would that would vie for the single status would be something like um well was it pain that's the one they had pain yeah pain was the lead single and i remember not loving it when i heard it because that was the first thing i heard off of this record and they played it on k-rock and i was like oh man new jimmy world and i was kind of like not into the like percussive intro um the song rocks yeah it does um it felt a little paint by numbers to me. Okay. Um, uh, so like in terms of dynamics, like I love futures comes out swinging the bridge, like completely sucks back and then, uh, becomes like very clarity, like very twinkly, like clarity. And it's, Oh, it's so good. Yeah. That is very much the Jimmy sound is that, that breakdown, um, at the bridge when they got, mm-hmm. it's got that, and the harmonizing yeah. guitars. And the twinkling, and, yeah. Oh. The twinkling notes that they play in that little part, it really brings yeah. you back. What is that? Is that a musical technique? Like, what is that called? Like, uh, well, it, I mean, if we're if we're sound if we're if we're going to actual musical, there is. Um, so there are. Um, let's see if what's it, this would be called. So there's the orchestral sound levels. I call it right? like twinkly, right? like so there's, shoegaze, there's emo-y. Maybe, I don't yeah. know if there's if we're gonna get what what how loud is I don't want to look at that. Um, because I'm talking about you know there's like piano which is soft and then there is the opposite which is very loud. Um, so I just think it's just it's just introducing dynamics into it when you've got a song that is 75 percent in your face, really loud, all of the instruments, um, the not not much break. It's just it it really draws your your brain back and lets you f- realize yep. that there's a song playing, um, you know, on the radio or whatever it is. It's not like it's it's sometimes bridges are cool, but when you have a bridge that takes the opposite you know, they have Jimmy World has songs where their entire songs are like what the bridge is. It's just a nice, long, easy listening, uh, slow song. But when you have that wedged in between, you know, these two huge behemoth uh, verses and choruses, it just it, it makes you I, don't know, I guess just double whatever you're thinking of or you're talking about makes you kind of double take and and put your focus back on the song. That's what I'm thinking. That's why they put that in there. And it's a unique part of their sound. That's just that's just how they kind of produce things. Yeah. Uh, that's not what I meant to send you just now. Um, I wanted to talk about, unless you were going to jump into anything else in particular, um, sort of the live iteration of this song and how it sort of premiered um, to fans um, during that tour. And then it sort of parlays into how they played it on that 10th anniversary tour. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and um, we, we can move into there. So you have, So I just sent you a yeah. link. People on Reddit were like, hey, I remember they they opened their show with like they were just playing the like what sounded like the bridge to futures and then would go into another song. So I actually found a download from 2004 of them playing a show opening with the bridge from futures and this recording's actually pretty good. Um and they actually ended up redoing it at the Ventura video that we saw. But it's cool to hear it in 2004 because actually I'll send you the second link that you'll have to open up right after this. Is they, instead of going into Futures, which they do end up playing at the show at the end of the show, 
um, before, uh, maybe not in the end of the show, but the latter half of the show, uh, they go in from the intro to Futures to For Me This Is Heaven, which is my all-time favorite Jimmy World song. Um, but it's kind of interesting to hear them kind of go from one to the other. So let me shoot you the other link to, okay. and you can just play them back to back so you can kind of hear how it went. It was dope. All right, so let's start with So this the- is 2000... This is November 2004. Yes, November 11th. Well, okay, here we go. Open the show. Could you imagine? Like, what an amazing way to open the show. Jim walks out, obviously. So that's um, yeah, pretty dang good. And then if you play the next link, you'll hear it go into "For Me This Is Heaven," okay, which ah, oh, what an amazing way to open the show. Oh, so good. Could you imagine being at that show? Which I was technically at. Like they, I don't know if it was a record release show, but it was Jimmy Eat World at the Glass House when Futures came out, um, and it was a big deal. But I remember them playing the hell out of Futures, and it was so rad. <laughs> that um, um, yeah, the intro that they had, I you know maybe I would be if I ever produced a record, maybe I'd be one of those guys that would overproduce something, but. I could I could almost picture I'd love to be that guy <laughs> like too much it'd be like one of those um if it's I don't I don't know if it was madness but it was one of those those bands I was watching um documentary now and they did a sort of a, a rehash of this this band's final show abrupt ending of actually their their entire as as a band but they had this sort of just over the top production value I could imagine listening to that introduction and toward the end when he's singing, I know it's just supposed to be Jim, but I could have, you know, a small choir in there coming up and just singing that part and then bringing in some, yeah, maybe, maybe some, uh, like the string section underneath, you know, again, I, I, maybe I'm over engineering the whole thing, but it's, I hear that and it just, it's so (laughs) inspiring because that's, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a very cool, uh, intro that they had developed for this that only, I mean, only a few they only played it what live this introduction uh yeah it's weird like i'm looking around i don't even see the metro chicago 2004 on setlist fm mm-hmm. but the shows they played around there um are all like 
opening with Bleed American and and stuff like that. Um, and I did find the show that I was at, the Glasshouse show, October 19th, 2004. Uh, they opened with Get It Faster, and they played Future 6th in the set. Um, but uh, according that's all according to Setlist FM, but... Um, uh, man, what a good show. And I did notice that there is a Troubadour West Hollywood show. I was not at that one. I'm upset. <laughs> Troubadour West. Oh, I do see Metro Chicago September 2nd, 2004, but they opened with Get It Faster. So I don't know. Huh. Um, well, if somebody does know, they can let us know at the right, right. <laughs> You know, I think there's Pod. a lot more um, shows that I I wished I had, had attended. I was just, you you either find out about them too late or you think, you know what, I'll catch Jimmy Eat World on the next time that they're around here. But, you know, it's it's a yeah. different venue. It's a different, it's a different vibe. They may play a completely different show. Um, or, you know, now they're playing, they're playing a lot of songs off of Surviving. So now, you know, if you're seeing them on their on the, the most recent tour that they're doing right now or whatever they're playing now in, in Arizona, you know, they're playing uh, songs from surviving. So it's, it, I wish I had taken more advantage of that at when, when they were playing around here in the LA area, uh, you know, big or small yeah. venue. It's, you know, you, after fees and everything, it's 60 bucks here and there. Right. But it's uh, the memories is what you, you, you really want in the end. <laughs> so oh, the, uh, this was a fairly complex song. You know, I was, I was doing some research for our next track and that one is, simple compared to this one this one's got uh you know verse one it's got the pre-chorus and then a chorus and then it goes through to the uh, another verse then pre-chorus then chorus then that beautiful bridge breakdown and then there um and just the way that it ends with that chorus um this one i think there was another question on uh was it on the subreddit where they were asking how many how many uh, jimmy world songs fade out right and there's not a lot Oh yeah. Right. So uh-huh. I mean they mostly just end up on a note, but this one ends almost as fast as it begins, right? So this one is one of those where it's like a marathon. You take a breath for the bridge and then you just hit that last uh you know that the it's the guitar notes again, boom and then it's over. Slam, done. And then and then you're <laughs> on to uh just tonight, which is a, Ooh, boom, <laughs> boom. Which yeah, just tonight is is a oh, what a great record. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it works really well. I don't know why people don't like that one as much. I know there's some slow tracks, but I believe they have a they they fit very well in this uh in, in the anatomy of this record. Totally. So, would you want to? Did you have anything else to say, or or did you want to move um, toward the covers section of this one? Uh, no, let's jump into covers. Okay. Oh wait, you know what? Before we get there, let's let's go back to that timestamp I saved. Go to 1435 on that toasted interview and you'll hear them talk a little bit more about this song 14 in particular this song the environment and you know the you know the just common sense basic values of you know being good to your neighbors and and stuff like that and and i think that that's something that we feel like our country's gotten gotten away from and so um you know i think just as individuals we're a little bit more um, I mean, we're a lot more, I think, aware and, 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 and wanting to, um, be educated. And I think that, um, the way it affects the record, I mean, I don't really know, but I mean, I think it's just, I think it's sort of, what's called futures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, especially the title track, I think it sort of points to it more than any other song, but you know, I think that it's something that, um, it's not the main issue. yeah, it's not the main issue, but it is an issue, you know, and, and, and. You know, I think that, of course, it's important 
to vote and it's important to be a part of the political process. But at the same time, it's like very rarely does change come from the top. You know, change comes from the ground, the ground level and the, and the people. And so, you know, we, we really hope that, you know, in sort of what we've, um, you know, in learning about the issues and being educated, you know, we formed our opinion on, on who we support and, you know, who do you support? We, we oh, here support it comes John again. We, we, want, we want to see him um, be the next president. Do you think he will be? I don't know. That's a good, you know, I think it's at this point it's anyone's game. Oh, that's pretty much it. You know, and, and I think Zach could have taken the opportunity there to say yes, right? With, with how the song is structured and it says, you know, we have our voice can be heard. We have the power to make a change. It's almost like saying it's giving... <laughs> It's like giving this this revolutionary speech to to a group of people, and then at the very end saying, "Eh, it might work." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he could have just sold. It. I know he's not that. That wasn't the most eloquently uh, spoken response, right? right? Yeah. But I did listen at double speed last <laughs> night, and I was like, "Yeah, man, he's getting to it." Get- <laughs> but you know, it's just that they, he he missed an opportunity there. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's uh, what is that? Creative I think in two thousand four, it was harder to be. Uh, I guess, I don't know. It's, uh, maybe it was harder for him to be open about that, or maybe he felt weird in the present company about it or something. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, maybe he was just trying to be honest instead of being so... Uh, I mean, he was also like, what, 29, 20, you know, barely 30 when he did this, which sounds old, but uh, I was nervous as hell. And imagine being on the radio. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... I even in the first few few episodes here, it's it's kind of it's a different it's a different vibe. You get a little bit more comfortable as the uh, the episodes go on. You get used to it. But yeah, imagine you know you're you're still pretty big as as an artist. And yeah, we don't know the context of why they were approached for this this interview. If the guy was just in the studio, it sounds like they're they're sitting around in a coffee shop or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he just saw some people some you know uh, sneering at him or something. Didn't want to make any <laughs> any bad calls. Yeah. Maybe, maybe people are like smoking cigs or something in that studio and he was feeling a little pressured. Right. Um, okay. So covers. Yeah. Uh, I, what do you got? So I start out, I, I, I like to do the searches. Um, you know, you got me turned on to SoundCloud for these covers. I like starting there because that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's the, it's the music. First. I have nothing from SoundCloud. So yeah, I'm interested okay. to hear what you got. So this first one, there are some, this, and, and look, I, I, Jim's, Vocal range is higher. I know they they play a lot of stuff um, in drop D, but his voice can go very much. I mean, in my range, I'm a I, I sing. I'm a baritone, so I'm I'm much lower just by nature. But he is is up there. So you'll hear a lot of these people struggle a little bit with the vocals, um, especially the the high end. Um, this this first one is from Jeff Toy. Okay, and what I really liked about it was the the real drums that he introduces. Uh, and if you start to listen to it, you can get you start to you start to overanalyze at the beginning and say, I don't know if the, the vocals are really right. But you hear the, you hear the song in its entirety and it sounds really good. So this was only two years ago um, that Jeff Toy had uh, put this one together. And so it says tracked, mix, mixed and mastered by him. So uh, I imagine he plays the drums. He's a he's a jack of all trades with this. So this is Jeff Toy doing Futures. <laughs> I hope for better in November. 
nice huh love the harms yeah love those harmonies yeah overall it's mixed really well he's got all the the instruments in there he even does the um that little bass is there a name for that that bass uh, like a slide Ooh. i guess yeah There's yeah no it's just, i think it. i think it's just a bass slide yeah okay. i don't think so not that i know but you know i've only been playing bass <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know the technical terms for anything uh and what's nice about these uh, i can go directly to the uh, breakdown. I, I can oh, see yeah. it. Oh, Though he's, it, I, oh, he just per- needs to, yeah, he just needs more reverb on his voice. Yeah. So he had this scooping. He just sounds too dry. Yeah. That's it. That, that's it. So I, I felt like he was scooping the notes, which I'm guilty of, but it's actually his sound that he goes for. And he does that throughout the whole um, song. And you start to get used to his style. And by the end, I mean, it's just, I think to myself, this is. You're a, all on board. Yeah. This <laughs> Jeff Toy is actually a good musician. So did you share something with me? Uh, I showed you three of my favorite covers uh, that I have from YouTube. Um, okay, so if and when you wanna. Gotcha. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put those in my back pocket. Let me go back to yeah the the list here. So Jeff Toy, great way to start it off. Now this one is Micknicks. Micknicks doing a Jimmy Eat World cover. Um, I kind of wish it didn't automatically play here. Okay, so this is the Micknicks. This one, it's kind of hard for me to tell where the bridge is. Maybe this one rocks through. So cover's finally done. I want to thank Jimmy at World for writing one of my favorite songs. Jimmy at World for recording the bridge of this song in such a way that it took me an eternity to figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> this was recorded in GarageBand. All right, so Mike Micknick's doing Futures. <laughs> pretty good yeah man i love that they do the twinkly guitars i don't think i would have thought to do the twinkly guitars if i covered the song and not because i didn't want to because it would have been too difficult for me to figure out (laughs) right and you're talking about the like like in the second part of the verse Right. And I noticed that what, what was a cool effect when when Jimmy World actually recorded this was after they come back into the second verse, they they um, nix that all together and just do kind of a, a higher palm mute that goes. And it definitely oh. drives that second 
that second verse in there because they take that sort of uh, you know, the that kind of you know the fairy frilly part out of it and just go straight to the rock. So um, and let's listen to Mike McNix doing this bridge that he said was very difficult for him to figure out. Can you hear that? The piano underneath. Yeah. Very chromatics. Yeah. That, uh, it sounds like it could be in Twin Peaks. <laughs> uh, the, he didn't have the, the higher harmonies I was hoping he was going to have in there, but it, I guess that the, the second half, so let's say the bridge is two parts. The second half, the very last chord, I mean, I'd have, I'd have to go to Ultimate Guitar to figure out what that was, but it is definitely different from the previous final chord in, that, in the first bar. So I get what yeah, he's man. saying. It's, it's different. Okay, so that was Mike Micknick's. That was pretty good. I don't. I don't get Mike Micknick. He must be a picnic. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, it made me when I saw his name. It made me think of Buttnick from Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, right. Which uh, Mike is way cooler than <laughs> yeah. uh, Bobby Budnick. I like Mike. <laughs> uh, but you know, when you're recording in into GarageBand, and it comes down to into the quality of your um, into the quality of your uh, I guess your equipment, right? But it just sounds like the quality. He's got the music ability, but it just sounds like it was, I don't know, the quality was sampled down on purpose, but it sounds very <clears throat> flat to me. Well, yeah, it, I think it only records at 44.1 kilohertz or whatever. And then, you know, you're, 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 you're guessing that the person making the music knows what to do when they export it. And chances are he just exported it like standard MP3. Right. In which case it's, you've already got low, re- low quality recording and then a low quality export. So you probably get a little muddy there gotcha still it was really it was pretty well done let me see what else mike nick nick is up and how long ago was that that was six years ago Uh, okay so mike's probably got logic now he's probably figured it all out he's good he yeah it looks like he had a lot of stuff going on this is the same for everybody right life just gets in the way so eight years ago he started with i don't know what bands these are heart attack morning mist the rose inside the minefield i wonder if they're originals but he had the yeah, they've got to be originals because this is the only one that he mentions as a cover. Uh, and then he stops five years ago. His last one was 1,000 Knives, which was a preview of an original that he had done. So, mm, hear the, but we never got to preview? hear the full thing. Huh? Well, it's, yeah, man. Tell it to me, Mike. Whoa. Yeah. Three, four time. I didn't see that coming. Strong words make you weak. He's got an R and B sound to his voice. Yeah. How much more can it take? Your delicate soul. the flanger on his voice too. Yeah, I dig this. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's too bad he hasn't posted anything else. Mike McNichol. Um. That's why he goes by Micknick, Staten Island, United States. All right. Now, um, I, have an, I have a couple more from SoundCloud. So this is the Mighty Alrighty. And my notes on this one. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Sweet take. This one, I can't tell at all where the, um, where the bridge is because he's got 
I mean, he just kind of blows through this. All right. So here's the mighty already. <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot about this guy. This is a unique take on the song, right? Try yes. Losing, losing yeah, no, I was way in love with this when I heard it last night, for sure. <laughs> for a lifetime. Hey, now. You can't keep saying endlessly, my darling. The way that he sings those higher notes with whatever he's got underneath, and I could not figure it out last night, but there is a band... Kind of like the era of of war, uh, the band War, uh, maybe even earlier, but that he sounds just like their lead singer uh, when he sings that. So he's got a great voice, and it's a unique take on the song. Uh, yeah. Toward the and end, hey, though, is that a cello yeah, behind him? Sounds like a cello. I can't <laughs> tell if it's digital or real. How long until this affects me? Say. So if any listeners hearing that can figure out, you know, usually I'm pretty good at picking out um, sounds from other bands. MIDI instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if they can figure out that it's, um, man, I can't even think Oh, the band sound, yeah. The actual, yeah, the singer from, and the band, if they can figure out the band, hit me with that because that is bugging me. Uh, And my only other note for this is that toward the end when he starts bringing in, let me go to another spot in this, it sounds a little blown out. You know, so he's, it, it just sounds a little like he's got too much stuff layered in there and just needs a, a little yeah, bit of whatever. It's great. Mix, but and I did find him. I was like, how did I? I, I heard that last night. I heard him on Bandcamp. He's oh. also got that track up on Bandcamp. So mighty. All righty. Um, so is it? A, yeah, is so it that a was the last. Band? Is it just him? Um, who can know? Yeah. Who, let's look, let's look up his uh, discovery. I mean, you look at his uh, Andy Napolitano is the guy he did the vocals synths engineering and production so those are synths baby gotcha. um okay he uh, was inspired then, to make this cover due to the current climate of political discourse in the u.s and okay so in the links that you had sent me i know we gotta we gotta wrap up a little bit sooner here um in the links that you had given me for um the youtube are any of them ryan lee uh let me look um Last no, but he, so I, I didn't give you Ryan Lee because I gave you the other one of one kid with a bunch of screens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but you could play Ryan Lee if you want. Okay. Yeah. So but actually I, came I have him Ryan Lee. saved, so I'm gonna play, but I didn't. There's two from SoundCloud that I have left. Let's do music rank. We'll do that one quickly. Um, I've got drums coming in in a minute, but this one is sort of acoustic. Let's do this one. I like this guy. Uh, he is. He doesn't have an, an English accent, it's, so it's it's a little bit different. But he's got a very unique take on this. So this is music rank. I I always believe in futures. Yeah. 
I hope for better. He's, he's got different chords in there too. Those chords don't yeah, belong in the song. But it works. Let me jump up to the one minute where you hear the drums come in. You're gonna have you're gonna have to cut out a bit of my mic there. Somebody was popping their head in here. Okay. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? I highlighted things that are like, you'll see. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll, uh, are you like in communication with somebody else? I am, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's Charlie on the pod. Charlie, who did our open music for the hey. podcast. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll look at this. Yeah, it's actually faster than you think. It's not. I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sorry. Yes, that was great. That was like, um, uh, uh, what what did it remind me of? Like PBS, um, until the drums kicked in. Before right. the drums kicked in, it was like <laughs> PBS, uh, like uh, coming up next music. Right. And then the drums kicked in, and I was like way in. Yeah, and I can't tell. It's hard to tell. But now. it was like very classic Atari. Yeah, with with Logic, and I got you can even go to GarageBand with with the drummer. It's hard to tell when something uh-huh. is actually synthetic compared to real. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Yeah, drums are getting so good now. Yeah. So let's listen to the last SoundCloud I have here before we jump into the the final YouTubes that we've got. So this is Ryan Lee. Uh, the reason why I'm jumping into Ryan Lee now is um, I don't want to listen to his. We can try and listen to his YouTube if you want, but his sounds like his SoundCloud recording is better quality than the YouTube one. So this is him on SoundCloud, Ryan Lee covering Futures. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, I remember this guy. So he's very much uh, self-aware of his, his singing abilities. Yeah. The comments so, on well, YouTube Well, what's funny is... Uh, were brutal. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's not right. No. I know. See, and, but you know I just, it was very stride. much not the voice I expected to hear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he had... I think if he had a little bit more vocal training and strengthened his, his vocal uh, chords... He could have a, a strong. He has a higher higher range. He, his voice is in the higher register. It's just uh, it sounded a bit, um, uh, you know, a little pitchy for me when I heard that. A little pitchy, dog. Right. I don't know. I don't know, dog. <laughs> so this one. Let's do this one quick. So I'm back. I'm on to YouTube now. Um, do you, did you send me? Let me look at yours first before I start looking at mine because I don't want to. I don't want to duplicate these. Did you send me four? I sent you three videos. Ian Stewart. Okay. And I sent you Scarlet Durling, and I sent you what is this last one? This last one I had to go into my history because I didn't bookmark it, but it's uh this guy. Oh, okay. So I don't oh, have wait, no. I did send you four then. I don't have John because Tarbard. I sent you. Th- I didn't have that one, so we can. Okay, to John that Tarbard, one. I sent you. Yeah. And then let's see what this. And one then is. Uh, the Haiti Kids, the Haiti Kids, which are what video? And that does not sound. That's the tribal force. Interesting. Hey, you found you found some deep some deep cuts here, and then you hit. Oh yeah, I was. I went. I went. (laughs) Okay. Then let's just do. Well, then you know I'm going to skip over this one. This is one that I had. I'm sorry, guys. This is going to be. uh, If you you know you can listen to this one for yourself. If you guys go to YouTube and search Jimmy World Cover Audio Bridge Studios presents 
they did one of those note for note covers. They're having a lot of fun in this room, but it just sounds like Jimmy World playing the same thing. So let's, it, yeah, I heard them and I was like, all right, like, <laughs> right, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, we're not even going to, you can listen to that one for yourself. So the second one I have is the same one. That so you which one are you going to play first? I am going to play Ian Stewart first. Okay. This is the guy. So three Ian of them, Stewart, right? what is better than a kid in his bedroom who records the song from the same angle multiple times and then <laughs> poorly splices himself into the video? He may, he must oh, not have so had good. after effects, right? Yeah, correct, because he didn't use a mask. He just used a wipe. (laughs) Right. So, you know, the singer in the middle, which is Ian Stewart, enjoying a beer in between uh, vocal uh, deployment, right? And I'm thinking, is is it safe to say this is in Wisconsin, right, with Uh, all the the, the Packers we're revealing? (laughs) Yeah. And then that Heavens poster, is that Matt Skiba's Heavens project? He's got a Heavens poster. He's got The Living End, which is an Australian punk band who I think they're, they might be canceled, but I don't remember for sure. And then I can't read this other one. I might say skateboarding on it. Yeah. I, I think it's a tell. skate team. Well, he's got but some yeah, kind this of, is, looking uh, above his head, though, he's got some kind of uh, framed drumsticks. So he's, he's into music. He is. Right? Unfortunately, there's a huge glare, so I can't see whose drumsticks those <laughs> right. are. Maybe Zach Lynn's, right? All right. So this is right. Ian Stewart. Covering futures. And I always believed in futures. I hope for better in November. And try the same. Sounds pretty clean. Yeah, I like the harmonies. You can't keep singing endlessly, my darling. How long until this affects me? Say hello to good times. And trade up for the fast ride. Yeah, pretty good. You know, I noticed that I think just a few seconds in when you can tell he's starting to hear himself. I imagine the one on the right is the first recording. That's the bass, right? And then he's got um, he's going to layer on the vocals and the lead guitar on top of that. But yeah, he's capoing the sixth fret here. It's crazy. You can hear, though, how he slows down. And that's that's one of those things when you're listening to yourself sing. It's almost like when I have the, the monitor on here, it slows me down because I'm hearing myself a fraction of a second behind. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that's what's happening, but you can tell that the tempo slows down. It should be the same because he's he's going off of him playing right on the right. I mean, yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah. So maybe he's not too familiar with the song just because you can hear he's got uh, some of the lyrics he delivers off. All right. So from Wisconsin. And then we go to let's just play Ryan's now. OK, so this is Ryan Lee. Okay, this is does this sound different to you? <laughs> Is it different because I'm seeing Ryan actually sing this? Or well, I knew what it was the- right away, so it might be the same. <laughs> I don't know. It, you know, it, listening to it now so close together, it sounds like it's the same thing. I thought, though, that the vocals in this one were a tad worse, like a little bit, like maybe they kept um, this cut. But I don't know. Okay, let's listen real quick to Ryan Lee and see if you guys can tell if this is any different from the SoundCloud. <laughs> Thank you. 
same. It sounds cleaner though for some reason. Like, um, it it was like, also uh, 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 the timber of it is there. Like what's that? <laughs> The the I don't know it didn't sound as muddy as the SoundCloud one for some reason and maybe that's just the quality the SoundCloud um for the free accounts maybe it just does um it really downsamples it uh, but this one I it love sounded, these angled like what what threw me off with this one was seeing him singing into his mic which looks like a condenser mic it sounded too clean almost like you know like when a when a musician goes back and sings over their song for the music video it and it doesn't exactly match up because they're singing way harder in the recording, but they're just basically mouthing the lyrics. Yeah, that, sure. that's what threw me off when I saw the video. And maybe that's why I thought this was a little bit different from the SoundCloud, but it looks to be the sound. You know, what's important though, go to a minute and a half and look how much fun everyone's oh, having. Well, Although it might all be what, him. Is that when they got six but, cameras going? <laughs> yeah. 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 So him and Steven, man, it's just him and Steven. Steven's playing the drums on this. Looks like Steven also plays the bass. He maybe. Um, you know, he's, he's the, the, the rhythm and everything. So let's see, let's listen to what, what they're doing at, at one thirty. You know that Steven had an idea of how this was going to be cut together because when they look up and he's got <laughs> Steven's in the center looking up at, um, him or Ryan, it's got, it's Ryan playing guitar, but yeah, they're having a great time. So I'm glad and that, I love uh, that like he's bobbing up and down at about the same tempo that he's doing it in the video below. So it looks like he's just got like a big head, a big head, man, a big bobblehead. <laughs> and he's wearing a Kool-Aid shirt. Got a Check big that head. Out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. yeah so that's cool. the haters, man. All right. Let's uh, let's move. Right, let's move on. <laughs> We're going to go to. All right. I've got a couple more. Let's do this. Um, let's do yours. OK, we're going to go to yours. So we're going to hit John Tarbard, right? So I'm only interested in this because of the the politics of the song. This dude is playing in a church, and somebody had to edit this video, and there are very awkward cutaways to families, like, sitting in this church. Um, so it's just fun to watch for, like, two seconds to see, like, this dude playing a highly political thing, and there's this, like, old couple in the second pew that's, like, looking on, like, what the hell is he saying? <laughs> All right, let's see. Here is John Tarbart. Wait, real quick, um, the title on this is Jimmy Eat Wold, W-O-E-L-D. So thanks, John. Always believed in futures. <laughs> I think John may have just walked in there with a camera. I love the mom that's like wrangling her kid there too. Like <laughs> that could be John. And then there's wife. somebody in a safety vest. Oh, that's totally his wife. This and is kid. an eclectic Aww. mix. I wonder if this is for some kind of uh, it, it, maybe he was in a, a music program or some kind of multimedia experiment where he just. It was a thing called like oh right yeah maybe it was a thing called music through the ages where he played a set of contemporary songs from '63 to 2015. Um, and it was part of an annual feast and fair, F-A-Y-R-E. They just love spelling things weird, so maybe that's intentional. Yeah. Okay, so that was filmed by Gandalf. Thanks, All right, Gandalf. let's go to um, Tribal Force. All right, this is Tribal Force. Here we go. So, All right, guys. This is great because everybody in this is like into Blink and Angels and Airwaves, obviously. And this shows how the song was available in Rock Band. And for some reason, they're dedicating this to Haiti. Okay, all right. <laughs> 
This is like our 15th video. Um, we're all here playing for Haiti. We all want you guys to just, you know, give in a few prayers. You probably don't even like this, but we're uh, really encouraging everyone to just pray for Haiti. Haiti really needs your help. So, anyways, we're really hot. This is for Haiti. So, rock, Haiti, rock. Like, I love that love shirt. Haiti. 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 I'm very confused about why this video was made, but I, it was my way of showing that they uh, released the song on Rock Band, and these kids are just having a good old time playing Rock Band. Well, good man, good Tribal Force. Everyone loves you, Tribal Force, and uh, yeah, they even they even they, they mention it in the in the notes. Futures is the title track of the Jimmy Rolls fifth fifth album. It was released as a promo seven inch. These guys know what they're doing, right? Pressed on clear vinyl. Number 27 on the U.S. Modern Rock Tracks 20, in 2005. These guys get it. Yeah, they do get it. All right. So, okay. So that is it. Um, there was one. Let me do it. I know we got a minute. and we're pushing this here. Let's do this. I wanted to show this one. This is Neil Starr. We'll do this really quick. I love ukulele covers, right? Because I am a, a, a oh, white guy. Oh, I didn't see this one. Pretty good, huh? Neil Starr. I thought that was really good. Yeah, so this was part of his Yuka Daily Day 315. Oh, that's kind of cool. So Does he have other Jimmy World stuff we can go back to later? Yeah, well, let's go check. I'll, we'll look at Neil Starr. I will bookmark him as uh, maybe he is a, a fan of the band. Awesome. Right. Well, Justin, yeah. what are your takeaways from this obvious banger features? Yeah. Okay, it's a great, it's a great um, initial track. Uh, I, I feel like it really gets your blood pumping for the rest of the album, even though some of the songs do dip down in their tempo. Okay, it's a song. It's a, it's a very transparent song about getting off your butt, making a difference, uh, getting out there and voting, right? Uh, which is always an important thing. So I like this song. Uh, it's off of my favorite album. And uh, and that's what it that's what it is. It's what it's all about, man. It's about good music. Absolutely love this song. I always think of the first time I saw them play it at the Glass House. Not the first time they played it, but the first time I saw them play it at the Glass House. Every time I play it, and it's just treads. Absolutely. All right, now everybody can fact check us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool, man. All right, dude. Let's do our little sign off. Oh shit! God damn it! I'm always gonna forget that. Um, uh, 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 so, uh, with, uh, futures and the whole song being about, you know, getting out there voting, you have a voice, you can really do it. You can make tomorrow a better day. You know what else makes a better day? When you be excellent to each other. And party on dudes. <laughs>